Welcome back, all you spooky ghouls and witches. We are at Lights Out Podcast, brought to you by 511 Media Group. This podcast can be found on both iTunes and Spotify, and you can also find us and all of our links over on our Facebook page, Lights Out Podcast. All right, so, Summer, why don't you uh, talk about what we're going to be talking about today? All right, today we're going to be talking about the infamous serial killer Ted Bundy. He was alive from 1946 to 1989 sure many people have heard of him honestly i think he's if anyone asks like name a serial killer ted bonnie's probably the first person that you see absolutely so to start off he was a 70s serial killer murderer rapist and necrophiliac oh before we uh get too far into this uh we want to also put out a trigger warning uh just for uh sexual assault and violence um and also graphic content just to uh, be aware and he was also executed in Florida by chair in 89. So his family starts off as his mother, Eleanor Louise Cowell. She was 22 years old when she gave birth. And his father is unknown, according to his birth certificate, but there's multiple rumors circulating. Yeah, uh, his his birth certificate said someone, but then his mom wanted to change it because she didn't know if... He was the right man, um, and Anne Rule, who we'll talk about later on, um, wrote a book about Ted Bundy, and she said that she speculated that Ted was a product of incest between his mother and her father, Samuel. Um, so I guess give a little backstory on uh, his home life. So uh, Samuel, which was his grandfather or potential father, we don't know, um, he was said to be a really awful man. Um so he would do things like terrorize cats. Um, he was violent towards his family. Um, but, you know, unsurprisingly, Ted and his grandfather got along um, and they formed a bond really early on. Um, so you can see that he was kind of influencing his behaviors from a young age. Um, so while he was living with his mother's family, um, his aunt Julia said that one night she woke up to find Ted was standing at the foot of her bed, smiling, looking at the butcher knives that he had arranged around her body, pointing inwards. Um, so after that, she moved away, (laughs) um, and his mother and him moved to Washington, um, and that's where she met her husband, Johnny. Yeah, in 1951, Louise married Johnny Bundy. Ted adopted the last name, and he did not have much respect for his stepfather, but Louise and Johnny did have several kids together. Yeah, um, it said that Ted didn't get along with his stepfather, not just because he was a stepfather, um, but just because he looked down on his family for being low class because, uh, you know, Johnny had a very blue class job. Um, so he just he wanted more than what his family could give him. So he kind of separated himself from his family. Um, so to kind of talk about his childhood a little bit more going into teenhood. Um, so Bundy said that he was super interested in talk radio. Um, he reported in an interview that he only really liked it because he felt as if he was eavesdropping on other people's conversations. Like, that's not weird. No, not at all. (laughs) Never have once thought that while listening to the radio. Um, But the other interest that he even had at a young age was pornography. Um, And (laughs) interestingly enough, when he was found to be a murderer, um, the pornography that they found was of cheerleaders, not of, you know, bondage or torture or, you know, any of that um, S&M stuff that you would think that a serial killer who did certain things to his victims would have. It was uh, cheerleaders. He wanted to change it up a bit. You know, he likes role playing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, 
So in his teen years, um, I'm sure Summer has some information about this as well, but he was arrested on um, suspicion of car theft and burglary. Um, so he started basically shoplifting. Um, and they also don't have any records of the arrest uh, because they were wiped away when he turned 18 to clean his record. Um, but uh, yeah, you you probably have Bundy somewhere. was born in Burlington, Vermont on November 24th of 1946 as his mother's secret shame. And he was born out of wedlock, uh, birth shamed Luis and her parents because they were super religious to hide the fact that he was illegitimate. He was raised as his grandparents' adopted child and was told that his mother's was his sister. By rough. age three, <laughs> yeah, that's that's pretty rough. By age three, Bundy had a fascination with knives, and once into his teen years, he would peer into his neighbor's windows and thought of nothing of stealing. He was just jealous of everything that they had. Yeah, I'm sure there was some sexual... Uh, interest behind that as I well doubt but, it. uh yeah i can see him picturing himself in their shoes and just being like oh i wish i had that fine powder to put on my face too going into his education later in his life bundy graduated with a degree in psychology from university of washington in 1972 while studying he fell in love with the girl of his dreams she had everything he ever wanted class wealth and influence his breakup with her devastated him so much that it ended up shaped it, shaping what he chose his victims as, typically brunette, attractive, and a female student. And the middle part. The middle part's important. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. so uh, Bundy had this desire to rise in ranks and have power because he grew up so poor. Um, and so he eventually studied politics uh, as summer said he got his bachelor's in psychology and he eventually studied law as his final hurrah in college um but he so <laughs> i was reading a book so most of the stuff that i've have written down here before me is from um, the last podcast on the left's book that they came out with it's kind of like a comic book um and they kind of talk about uh notorious serial killers and ted bunnies of course the first chapter um and <laughs> they said that he was interested in like China. <laughs> um, That's a and random he, one. Yeah, he, he enrolled in a Chinese class in college because he believed that the Chinese would take over the world sooner rather than later. So he wanted to prepare himself. Republican um, much? Yeah, no. So he wasn't <laughs> he wasn't crazy enough. But later on in the book, they kind of talk about how he's a Republican. I'm like, well, if that doesn't explain it, I don't know what does. No offense to you Republicans, but it's just a it's a china thing um so yeah as summer said he uh, met his girlfriend stephanie brooks while he was skiing which he had a habit of stealing ski stuff because he couldn't afford it so he wound up stealing skiing stuff and he loved to ski ironically but he met stephanie brooks there um and as she said he was uh, she was the love of his life and the inspiration for his victims. Um, he was completely enthralled with her, um, but things weren't really reciprocated on Stephanie's side. Um, so that's why she broke up with him. Uh, she she knew to, she noticed the love life and the bedroom was kind of lacking. So she's Yikes. like, hey, yeah, she's like, hey, uh, I don't think I like you like you like me. This is getting kind of weird. I'm done. Um, and she thought he was really immature. So um, it's like saying I love you after <laughs> the first date. Uh, two days later for even before you meet that's the i love you <laughs> i love you and i don't even know you it's like we met in kindergarten <laughs> <laughs> sorry not to slam high school musical or anything um so 
one thing in his undergrad that he did that was also interesting um, was that he volunteered at a suicide hotline. So he was an employee there and he didn't do it out of his kind, kind, pure heart. Why would he? Uh, (laughs) um, It was for a class, surprisingly. I mean, I did the same. So, I mean, I'm practically dead Bundy. But um, Anne Rule, who I mentioned before, she was actually the person that worked with him like every day. Um, And she said that he was patient and empathetic while on the phone. Um, And I just don't think that really worked out well for his victim. So must have done just another face that he put on. Um, so then he goes on in 1969 to meet Elizabeth Klopfer (laughs) and she was his longtime girlfriend. Um, and they stayed together for so long just because she was so devoted and loyal to him. Um, even when he went to jail, um, and he was pretty much able to get away with everything, spitting lies and Elizabeth would just believe them. She didn't really ask a lot of questions. Um, and she refused to acknowledge that Bundy rekindled his romance with Stephanie Brooks in 1970. Um, and she got back with him because she was like, Hey, you're in politics. You're studying law. You're such a nice, mature man. I can get back with this. Um, and he became a better man just to attract Stephanie and to turn her affections against her. Um, and they became so close. They discussed marriage while he's still dating Elizabeth, keep in mind. Um, and he broke her heart. She was like, hey, so your emotions have kind of taken a turn here. And he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. And she just left. She was like, I'm done. I mean, at least she kind of knew her worth. So good for her. Yeah. Uh, she, well, with Elizabeth, they began their relationship in 1969 and it lasted for six years. So that entire time, approximately, he was with his one true love, as they say. Uh, was it really like a true love? It wasn't really reciprocated for a long time. In his mind, it was true love. <laughs> we'll say that. <laughs> um, he, Bundy met Elizabeth in a Seattle bar, and she was a single mom who struggled with alcoholism. Bundy took care of her and her daughter, and they described him as warm and loving. Yeah, you can see that in the... Uh the movie with Zac Efron, they talked a lot about the mom and people were like, how could she stay with him? But like, you don't understand how manipulative this man was and how much he charmed people so that, you know, even when he was stealing, he was like, as long as you're nonchalant about it, like people will never suspect you. Very charismatic. Anytime Elizabeth had any suspicions, especially with the fact he would keep butcher knives in his desk drawer, he would just deflect it and use his charm to Get it's rid my of letter any. opener, honey. What are you talking about? <laughs> like, I have really big letters. <laughs> I get packages, honey. What are you talking about? Have you never seen me open one? There's, I got the butcher knives for that. <laughs> what, you want me to use one of your nice little vegetable chopping knives? No. Being considerate. <laughs> I like the accent you gave him. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, shoot, where did he grow up again? In uh, Vermont. Vermont? Oh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that, that's not a very Boston accent. No. Bundy used his charm to deflect her concerns. She did eventually secretly go to the police with her concerns, but at the time that it, they did not see Bundy as a suspect, so they sent her home. Eventually, Elizabeth and Bundy did grow apart when he moved to Olympia the following year. All right, so um, 
So after his kind of era with Stephanie and Elizabeth going back and forth, um, he started to really drink heavily. And if you look up a lot of stuff about Ted Bundy, um, in court he would reflect saying, oh, you know, I was a drunk. I didn't know what I was doing. Um, And, you know, there was a bunch of other stuff people would call him outside of the court. But drunk was not what they justified as him killing people for. Um, So he drank very heavily he would go out and just drink at the bar um but this heavy drinking was apparently what removed his darker inhibitions and kind of set his impulses free so in 1973 after he was drinking at the bar as one does he just saw a woman and followed her um and so he had his first case of stalking um and he followed her and eventually he grabbed a two by four pipe (laughs) while walking by a dumpster and he's like oh yeah let me just get this guy up here and uh the woman took a turn and he kind of lost her but in turn it kind of saved her life it kind of reminds me of um i don't know if you've seen mindhunter at all on netflix but the btk killer um was plotting to kill a woman and she had different plans so her plans changed and she didn't come home on time after work and it wound up saving her life um, so that's in Mindhunter season one, but, uh, that's kind of like what happened here. Like one little thing can save a victim's life without them even knowing it. And this woman had no idea that he, he w- she was being followed either. Um, but this experience for him kind of opened his eyes to how terrifying and exciting that, um, hunting a person could be. Um, so three days after his attempt, he found a woman who was fumbling to get in her car. He came up behind her, hit her head with a club. Um, they think it could be possibly the same pipe that he picked up the night before. Um, but he did not get a killing blow on her and she ran off screaming and he ran away. (laughs) Um, I mean, I don't know why you would try to go in and just smack someone in the head with a pipe without intending to hurt them. I mean, did he think about this before? I feel like he was more of feeling the adrenaline than thinking like oh, woman huh. must hit with club <laughs> like woman club ow caveman talk right there yes um so uh he continued to kind of stalk uh he didn't really ever find a victim that was just right so aka looking like stephanie brooks <laughs> um but um he had a very simple plan and he had a very simple plan like all serial killers do but over time they get careless and they um they break that that plan and they get caught but um the interesting thing about Bundy is that he kind of like most people say that you know the demons made me do it or god said i needed to save them or you know like sounding truly crazy um but Bundy apparently like i didn't know this until i read it But he said that he had this killer side of him called the entity. And so the entity was said to be the side of him that kind of fought with his rational brain, his very educated and proper brain to um, go out in the streets and start killing people. So if you want to go with the paranormal (laughs) side of this, did he have a demon attached to him or was it schizophrenia? Um, Honestly, if it's just incest, it's probably just a little bit of the mixed genes. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so he switched over to peeping for a while, like you said. Um, He had a habit of it when he was younger. So it's easy for him to fall back into habits, apparently. Um, And he was scouting for home invasions um, and eventually found a woman who went to his law school. And in 1974, on January 4th, he beat her unconscious with a post from her metal bed frame. And then, as if beating her was not enough, he took the the metal bar 
and sexually assaulted her with it. Re, 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 oh my. Yeah. That, that made me stumble on my words. She survived it. She survived that? Yep. Uh, but she was left with permanent brain damage. Um, so, but apparently Bundy had this thing for not killing his victims right away because he just enjoyed beating them and then leaving them practically without life. Um, and that's how this woman was found by her roommate the next morning, like bleeding to death and <laughs> with severe brain damage. Um, I'm not sure if she ever recovered from it, but um, yeah, it, that was. It seems to he had a lot of victims where he would almost beat them to death, but they just didn't make it. Yeah, from my knowledge, a lot of serial killers like to watch the life drain out of their eyes. Yeah, but some some don't. Some don't like to associate themselves with the killing they don't like to look them in the eyes because it gives them like they say the eyes are the window of the soul right so Mm -hmm. looking someone in the eyes shows who they are as a person like you're identifying them as a person it's easier to kill something if you don't you see them as an object yeah yeah yeah. with his victims he did confess to killing 36 young women across several states in the 1970s but experts believe his body count is closer to 100 or more His killings usually followed a gruesome pattern of rape and then beating them to death or near death. Or later on, he tended to beat them, strangle them, or kill them in his way of choice and then um, sexually assault them when they were already dead. Um, In one of his reportings, he said that he sometimes with a couple of his victims, I believe it was in uh, Utah, is Utah or Colorado, that he would do their makeup and style them and then have intercourse with them. Yeah. What? That, okay. Yeah, did you see no. his eyes over there? <laughs> he was like, no. oh, nice. No. Uh, yeah, so he got, I think over time, it kind of does something to your brain, disassociating um, enough to kill people. Um, because who in their right mind would be like, yeah, I'm just going to, let me get you some new mascara, girl. I'm, I'm sorry I hit it off with my club. Let me touch you up a little bit, and then we'll we'll fix your hair, and he, then I'll treat you real nice. Yeah, he had a, he had a sec- secret career as a cosmetologist. Yeah, he was a he secretly worked in the funeral home on weekends, so he got a skill training. <laughs> Sorry, it's not funny. No. Fear, uh, humor, mess, the pain, and fear. Yes. Um, most say his rampage began in 1974. Around this time, many women from Seattle and Oregon disappeared. And he often lured victims by pretending to be injured and asking for help. Speaking of 1974, um, he actually killed his first victim on January 31st, almost a month after beating that woman with her metal bed frame post. Um, fast. Yeah. So he um, basically found her a couple days after he did that to her. Um, and then he found Linda Healy and he broke into her apartment, wrapped her in a sheet. I'm not really sure why he had to wrap her in a sheet, but he brought her to a skiing location in Colorado and uh, raped her and then strangled her to death and left her body there. Um, so she was his first like official kill. And he had a couple after that. And in the book, they talked a lot about how it's really shocking because a lot of serial killers kind of especially like Jeffrey Dahmer are so shocked that they killed somebody or that they feel such guilt that they did something so horrible. And they're like, I'm going to change. No, Ted was like, ah, I'm fucking rookie season time to rack up the points boys. And he killed like 
so many more people. And that's when he started doing um, the little act that he put on that everyone knows about the acting wounded. A lot of the times he would have his arm in a sling. That was his like signature. Um, arm broken yeah. was his signature. Bundy um, <laughs> even said, I don't feel guilty for anything. I feel sorry for people who feel guilt. Yeah, he so he basically used people's emotions and manipulated them into helping him. And in turn, because they were so kind, um, he would kill them. Um, and that's typical sociopath behavior. They do not care about emotions. They will twist them and use them against you. Um, I don't know if that says anything about um, his zodiac sign. but He is a Sagittarius, <laughs> which are known for adventure and impulse. Uh, yeah, impulse. Obviously. <laughs> Very strong impulse. I um, wish I could see his birth chart. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. <laughs> um, so that's when he kind of started killing at the beach. Like you said, that's kind of when his notorious thing was happening. He would switch to daytime killing instead of nighttime. Um, so he, so interestingly, right, um, the beetle was reported. We talked about this before, but his beetle was reported to the cops by witnesses because people mm-hmm. would see him every once in a while. But what gets me is that this man would give his name to every victim or potential victim that he met. He would say his name was Ted. And that with the evidence of the beetle, they didn't put it together. No. But they also try to sketch him out because enough people like have seen him. But they couldn't get the sketches right every time. So even though the sketch would kind of resemble him, even though they had circumstantial evidence, they were like, nah, couldn't be Ted. Yeah, he had Not this... Ted whole reputation that just went against what the victims and everything he actually was doing so the police looked at his reputation was like no he there's no way he would kill someone he's a law student he's this great person he wouldn't ever do that he's such a nice boy he's warm and loving i mean i i think that we still have this issue today with with boys and the uh court system and and everything but i think it was even worse back then because even so I listen a lot to the serial killers podcast on uh on Apple podcast and uh they talk a lot about how um they would just discard a lot of evidence mainly because of two reasons one it was a woman that found out the evidence and they were like "Mm, I don't know but also because like serial killing was such a new term like I believe it was like the 60s that it came out and uh they were probably like, Ted, nah, he couldn't do this new thing that everyone's talking about. It couldn't be him. He's just boys being boys. He probably was just talking up some ladies. Absolutely. You know, the classic phrase, boys being boys. Um, going on to how he was caught. Fall of 1974, Bundy moved to Utah. Then women started disappearing there as well. That following year, Bundy was pulled over for reckless driving, I believe. Yeah, um, let's see. He was arrested for reckless driving, and he lied about seeing a movie that was in town. It was like Inferno something. He <laughs> So he lied about seeing this movie and that he got lost um, in a neighborhood. Don't know mm. a neighborhood that has a movie theater in it. Um, I don't know about you, but I don't have a neighborhood I movie do theater. I actually do know. <laughs> I don't have a neighborhood movie theater in my neighborhood, but uh, he was reckless driving, and... Uh, he got pulled over and the cops searched his car and they found all of his tools and goodies in the back. Yeah, those uh, good goodies, as you call them, are a crowbar, face mask, which is now common in today's society, but moving on from that, rope and handcuffs. Yeah, he also had a uh, personalized pantyhose mask. I don't really... That one doesn't really make a lot of sense that to me. That gives me, me <laughs> a little Ed Gein vibes, minus the skin. 
Ew. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> uh, Bundy was arrested based on the tools found, which actually linked him to the crimes. He was arrested for kidnapping Carol Durange. I feel like I mispronounced that. Who was one of the few to escape, and he received a 1 to 15 year jail sentence based on that crime. Yeah, so in the book, they talk about how in killing another woman, he dropped the key to the handcuffs because the same day he was like, man, I got another one that got away from me. I got to I got to redeem myself. So he went and killed somebody. And in the process of kidnapping her, dropped the key to Carol's handcuffs. And like this man is leaving evidence. There was hair that were found like he was leaving trails of evidence and even giving his name to his victims. And people were still not putting this together. Like this is the issue that I think so many people got killed over back then because people just would not listen to evidence. They were, they were like, no, like, doesn't make any sense. I don't know why it could be that. They didn't see the reasoning behind the people that they are now. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, before he went to Utah, so that's kind of when him and Elizabeth kind of got racky, right? Um, and so Elizabeth would report, this is, what, this is what gets me, right? So Elizabeth reported waking up numerous times to Ted in the middle of the night examining her under the covers of the flashlight as if she was an object to be studied. Like, what would you do if you woke up in the middle of the night and you were like, hey, what, what are you doing? <laughs> um, I would scream and leave. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but like, how does a woman that sees this, sees knives in drawers, sees all these red flags, and she's just like, nah. <laughs> like he's warm and loving. I'm going to keep using he's that word. He's a good man. He's good to my daughter. I must keep him around. Little did she know his fate. (laughs) (laughs) He actually uh, escaped prison on two different occasions in 1977. First one was he charged, he was charged with murder on a young Colorado woman, acted as his own lawyer in the case. During his trip to the courthouse library, he jumped out out of a 25-foot window. Yes, ma'am. And he was found eight days later. Yeah, so um, what's interesting about how he got to the trial was, um, so Elizabeth's friend Lynn was always kind of suspicious of um, Ted, and she went and put together a bunch of this stuff. So when te- when Ted left and they found all these string of murders in Colorado and Washington, she saw, or not well, Colorado, I'm sorry, uh, Utah. So she saw in the news that all these killings like, they looked familiar to the ones that were in Washington. And she's like, well, I know Ted's there, so, like, something's wrong. And so she reported it to the cops. They were like, mm, this woman's insane. Like, what is she talking yeah, about? Yeah, she's insane. Yeah, no. So they didn't listen to her. This woman put it together before anyone else did. And she was not taken seriously. So then when they did arrest him, they were like, oh, hey, we remember this woman calling? And they called up Elizabeth. And they were like, hey, um, so tell us about Ted. <laughs> and so um, she cross-referenced a bunch of dates of the murders or that women were going missing. And she said that Ted was unaccounted for every night. Did you not think it was weird that your boyfriend was gone 90% of the time? He was a student. <laughs> like, we're not gone that often. No. We're inside more than not. <laughs> Typically, you're at home, especially since he was a law psychology student. You have lots of homework to do. You're not going to go do whatever. 
you have to do that stuff. <laughs> yeah, so he was house hopping. I don't know how many houses he found that were abandoned, but he just kept staying in abandoned houses, which is how he got away for so long. But then he tried to steal a car and he got pulled over <laughs> for drunk suspicion of drunk driving because he was probably reckless driving again like he didn't learn his lesson he should have been driving like 20 under the speed limit i mean you'll still get pulled (laughs) over for that (laughs) i know but like at least not act like you're drunk or in a hurry somewhere to cross a border you should drive like you don't want to be caught (laughs) (laughs) yeah uh so he was caught and brought back to jail um so you want to talk a little bit about the prison escape yeah the second escape was in december of 77 Bundy cut a 12 by 12, well, 12 inches. Yes. So one foot by one foot yeah. hole in the ceiling of his jail cell, yeah. which I don't know how nobody saw it, but. Yeah, that that raises some suspicion on the cops that worked there. Uh, he cut a hole in the ceiling of his cell and authorities did not even discover that he was missing for 15 hours, giving him a very large head start. Uh, after his second escape was when he made it to Florida on January 14th of 1978, and he broke into the famous sorority house. Yeah, so um, just a little bit extra on the jail scene before the sorority house. Um, he So, yeah, he got through this 12-by-foot hole. The reason why they didn't find him for 15 hours was because he was skipping breakfast. And that's why they, they weren't around, because if he didn't want breakfast, why would they come serve it to him, right? But he was skipping breakfast so he could get small enough to fit through the hole. That is a one foot by one foot hole. Do you know how small a man has to be to shove himself through a hole? I'd have to say I am pretty small, but I would not fit in a one foot foot hole. And here's there's two things that really get me about this. So the fact that he not only escaped, right, and that no one under this security, a man who had already escaped the clutches of jail once. Mind you. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like they should keep a close eye on him, especially since he escaped out of a window. They didn't check on him overnight. <laughs> and the second thing that gets me is that he would travel in the ceiling every night for two weeks until he escaped. Two weeks they didn't check on him overnight to see if he was still in his cell. Like, yeah, chances of a, of a person escaping jail is pretty low, right? Like, you see it in movies and yeah. whatever, and people don't typically escape jail. But it's possible, and someone as smart as Bundy, while he was a sociopath, he was a very intelligent man. And the fact that they just didn't care, like, 100% of the, ne- the following deaths are on those jailers' hands. 100%. Yeah, especially since they let him... In his first escape, they let him go to the library by himself, knowing... With windows. Yeah, (laughs) with windows, knowing, hey, he might be a serial killer. We're not sure yet, but we'll find out on tomorrow's episode. And he just jumped out, and they didn't think, maybe we should keep a closer eye on this guy. No, they were like, he's just, it's Ted Bundy. I mean, what is he going to do? What is he going to do? Throw a a book at us or something? Like, (laughs) why do we need to go in there with him to watch him read? He's his own lawyer. He's got this. No, I can't, I I can't believe it. And then the fact that so many people died after this, like the amount of times you hear about serial killers or just mass killings. And you just think to yourself, like, why did they let it go on for so long? Like, especially. Especially when they get away with it and you're just like you had him then you didn't have him and then you had him again and then you lost him again 
What are you doing? Do we not learn from our mistakes? Like people's lives are at stake. And if we care about people so much in society as we say we do, why are you letting someone who is so dangerous go? (laughs) With your ignorance like I don't understand like so many cases would have ended if people just listened the first time that someone was suspected exactly uh going back to the famous Chi Omega sorority killings it's, Kai. it's my, my bad I never <laughs> I know I'm like a sorority girl yeah, so I understand well, but it's Chi Omega okay and I did not know it was Chi Omega honestly I just knew it was a sorority okay <laughs> now I'm like oh <laughs> to be a Chi Omega <laughs> You see, I was not a fan of sororities, uh, but I am of this story. (laughs) So Bundy ended up going to the sorority and he attacked four residents, but he only killed two. Yeah. And so the first person he attacked. So this is the messed up part. Like this is how much this man was itching to kill again after escaping jail because right. He so he wanted to start a clean slate. Um, So he... (laughs) He went to Florida to start a clean slate. He was in Chicago after he escaped, and then he went to Florida. He's like, I need to start over. I need to start a new life. No more no more killing. No more nasty thoughts. Like, I'm going to start a new life. He went by the name, uh, where is it? Kenneth Misner. Kenneth. Wow. Um, yeah, my boy Kenneth is an angel, man. My <laughs> lawyer. Um, so he, he, yeah, he wanted to start over. But then he didn't last two weeks. No. Um. <laughs> So he, the first victim he had, right? So he met one of the girls at a bar that night. And he, I don't know if he walked her home. Like, I don't really know how he knew where she was. I don't know if he just wanted to try to find her again after leaving the bar. Um, But he went to the sorority house. And the first person he finds, he starts beating her. I'm pretty sure this woman survived. Maybe she's one of the ones that died. I'm not really sure. But she had her nipple bitten off and her butt bitten into yeah, those are <laughs> the bite marks found on those victims were a perfect match to Bundy, which is one of the ways he was linked to that crime. What? Cannibalism? Yeah, um, that is not on his profile, but he got close. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Necrophilia? What? What is he missing? What is he missing? Tell me. I, I don't want to know what he's missing. I feel he's <laughs> like he's like no less than Norman from Bates Motel, like having his dead mother in the house pretending she's still alive. That's the next step. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> These killings were known as the last of his rampage. Bundy was pulled over in February after. What was he pulled over in? A Volkswagen bug. Yep. You couldn't pick another car. You had to pick the same car you were driving. He needs structure. I understand, but but do you see what I mean? How he's so smart, but he's so stupid. If you're trying to get away with such a mass crime, right? Why would you take the same car that you were suspected of killing in? Yeah, (laughs) I feel like him being a smart man, he should have thought, maybe I'll take a Honda Civic this time, but... You know, he wanted to maybe take a minivan to throw him off their scent. You know, nowadays <laughs> minivans do raise some suspicion, but now you need the soccer mom van. The soccer put a mom. couple couple bumper stickers on there. It'll yeah, be fine. get a couple random names just on the back car. <laughs> Have the baby on board sticker. You'll be fine. Yeah, exactly. Um, on February 9th of nineteen seventy nine, Bunny kidnapped and killed a twelve year old girl, Kimberly Leach. By February. 78 that same month he was connected to the murders 
at the sorority, which, again, the bite marks connected him to that crime. Idiot. <laughs> he, uh, it was also found that he det- decapitated 12 of his victims. Yeah, that's something I didn't know when you told me. I was like, I'm sorry, what? Yeah, <laughs> I, I learned that recently. I was like, oh, okay, well... That's, that paints a picture. Yeah, and, like, what, what really got me, too, was the fact that he didn't admit to some because he forgot where he buried some of them. So there are still women buried in, like, mountains. Yeah. In Colorado and Utah and, like, Seattle. There There's, are dead bodies just randomly distributed because he just would dump the bodies randomly. I'm sure one day they're going to be mining somewhere in the mountains. They're going to find oh, bones. it's a dinosaur. Oh, it's no, a dinosaur. It's just a person. It's Jessica. <laughs> God, I was missing her. <laughs> there she is, Jessica. I went to high school with you, man. <laughs> what happened? <laughs> Moving on to his trial. Bundy's good looks and charisma and intelligence made him a type of celebrity during this trial. He had people who were obsessed with his looks and just fond over him because he was this. Romanticizing. Yeah, him. romanticizing a serial killer, as they say. He was just so beautiful and so charismatic, they couldn't help themselves. Yeah, and the, uh, what is it, the Ted Bundy Files on Netflix, they talked about, so that 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 series unnerves me, by the way, like the, the court tapes that have him on there, him looking at the cameras and smiling, like, oh, he is just you such can a... see. He is such a worm. I hate him so much. A worm. I like him. <laughs> but he... Yeah, they talked about how he would get a bunch of people that would just send him letters of their love and wanting to to marry him and and all this stuff and it's crazy and that's and that's how you said he met his uh his wife, right? Yeah. Um going on to that, his wife was Carol Ann Boone, mother of two, whom he dated before his initial arrest, but during the penalty penalty phase of his trial, Bundy ended up proposing to her in front of a judge, making that marriage legitimate. So just for the fact of him proposing and her saying yes, made them engage during his trial. I think it also he was like a, a last attempt to try to make him seem like a good man. If someone can marry him, like he's not that bad of a man, right? Yeah. Um, he fought for his life, but he ended up being convicted, and spent nine years on death row before appealing his sentence. In July of 79, Bundy was convicted of two murders, that at the sorority, and he received the death penalty once again. Yeah, so the funny thing about this trial is, so the first time he went on trial, he represented himself. Didn't work out. He got 15 years in prison. Next time, after he escaped, he was caught again. He was like, Mm, we're gonna do it again i i'm a good lawyer i went to law school i can do this yeah. <laughs> and he got the death penalty because he refused to plea for his life he refused to take the plea that would have gotten him away from the death penalty because he was so ignorant and blinded by his arrogance that he was like i didn't do it so why would i confess to it he quoted saying that he didn't want to ask for mercy because why would he ask for mercy if he didn't do it which led him to um, being sentenced to the electric chair again after the, the jury was gone for a long time, too, which kind of gets me because it seems like a pretty open close. Like, this is it. Like, why would a, a uh, why would a man who isn't guilty try to escape twice? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but apparently it was a it was a dilemma because so many people loved him, but so many people hated him. Like, it was just it was one of those. It was, it's like the, it's like the Amber Heard and Johnny Depp. Like, absolutely. <laughs> like everyone's oh. taking sides. And Don't even get started on that one. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, so 
they were gone for a long time and then he didn't move at all during the entire sentencing until everyone was deciding to leave and he's like the jury was wrong <laughs> and i was like and he, he needs the last word uh he tried to put off his ex- execution execution by giving information on these unsolved murders yeah, so, he tried to solve the Green River Killer case and failed. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I wonder why. He just was not ready to die. So he's like, you know what? I think I remember where I buried her. Yeah, right here. You should go check. And when they did, they found him. Yeah, he, no, he, I, I don't know why they didn't just zap him after the after the trial, honestly. Yeah. Like, yeah, he was smart, but would you have been better off with him? Or... <laughs> They never found all of the victims, so just putting off his... He didn't remember some of them yeah. either. He he was a busy man. <laughs> he was a very busy man. He literally said um, in an interview that he would, like, dissociate almost and, like, talk in a third person. And this is when he was admitting to killing children in his neighborhood. And I was... Like, adults weren't enough for you? <laughs> like, you had to go to the children, too? Like... It makes you really wonder how messed up this man was. Like, he just wanted it all. <laughs> because, I mean, he had a pretty decent childhood besides wanting more for life, but he wasn't like beaten up or, no. you know, neglected or anything. Like, he came from a pretty steady household. Yeah. And typically in serial killer patterns, some childhood trauma would spark this. But for him, it was just. It was just like a desire to be powerful, I guess. Yeah, he wanted power. The desire to control and, and have that power. But I don't know. It What really bothers me about Ted Bundy is that like so many people are like, oh, well, he's handsome. Like, I would let Ted Bundy kill me. And I'm like, girl, like, I, are you OK? <laughs> I get that like toxicity and toxic men are like a quirk and like a niche that people have nowadays. But like, it's not cute to romanticize no. a serial killer. Like, you know what you're saying, right? You know that like hundreds of women died and parents lost their children and you're romanticizing the man that brutally beat them and raped them and played with their dead bodies right (laughs) like he made puppets out of women which is by the way very disturbing um (laughs) he was ended up being executed in 1984 on january 24th the electric chair actually had a name and it was old sparky Oh, I love old Sparky. Yeah, I feel like that's also a name for an old golden retriever, but that's just my thought process on the word Sparky. (laughs) Outside of the prison, on his death date, there were crowds cheering, and they even set off fireworks because they were so happy this killer was put to death. Uh, He ended up being cremated and requested in Gainesville. He was also given no public ceremony, I would have just thrown his ashes in the trash. Been like, oops, I don't know what happened to him. Oops, my hands That's what I would have done. But they listened to him and his last request. His ashes were scattered in the Cascade Mountains of Washington where he murdered at least four of his victims. He couldn't part with them, could he? No, he had to be with them because he took their power and eventually his power was taken away. And he's like, okay, my ashes were here last. It's mine. (laughs) I own you and this mountain. <laughs> this is now Bundy Mountain. Yeah, I I don't know if, if Bundy had like a shack like we read in the story last week, but I saw as I was researching that people are like, is Ted Bundy's ghost still here? And I'm like, stop. 
<laughs> Stop. <laughs> That's a whole other thing. But I do now doing this research and with the whole disassociating, it does make sense with the story since that guy didn't remember doing the killings and he felt like someone else was doing it. And since Bundy said he had an entity or it wasn't actually him, which I see where those two stories correlate. Yeah, I mean, it could have been MPD too, or it could have just been an excuse. It doesn't, there's not really clear information on it. Um, but I, I don't think, I think he used it more as an excuse um, as he just stopped caring and wanted to, he had an urge that he wanted to meet. I mean, that's how a lot of them start. They have an urge that they have to meet and they won't be satisfied until it happens. And they think after the first kill, they'll be satisfied and they're just not. And they'll ruminate about it and then they start killing. Yeah. yeah. That's what happened to Jeffrey Dahmer. Exactly. Uh, Bundy, rumor has it, he actually has a daughter with Carol. Yeah. It yeah. says in 1982, Boone gave birth to a daughter whom is believed to be Bundy's daughter, according to the birth certificate, but not much is known of Rose. Yeah, they. I'm, I'm pretty sure in the Ted Bundy tapes, they were allowed private time in the prison, um, which... I don't know about you, but I don't think any sexual intercourse should be allowed in visitation hours um, yeah. when some people can't even see their children on drug, on drug charges. But Ted Bundy, serial killer, gets to bang his, his wife, I guess. It was his charisma that did it for him. Sure. I mean, he. I'm pretty sure he did make buddy-buddy with the prison guards um, in the final prison as well. Um, the Ted Bundy files are really great, honestly, just for learning more information. It just makes it all the more disappointing that who he was as a person everyone associated with his case it just it yeah. makes me shake my head but the thing with boone she didn't actually believe he actually did these killings oh, until no. she was it, like infatuated yeah she she still thought that he was this amazing person and there was no way he would do this but eventually she did realize he was guilty but not until three years before his execution it took her a while but <laughs> she was a little least, slow on the, on yeah. the slow boat there yeah she did get it but it Took a while to click. That's, like, that's what I don't get. Like, I mean, I know that it's really hard. I mean, I've never dealt with a sociopath in my life, but, and I know how manipulating they are and charming and they gaslight and all this mm -hmm. stuff, but how could you be so naive? <laughs> he is on trial for murder. I personally have <laughs> dealt with a sociopath, but not to that extent. And well, I, I'm glad. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> As a sociopath does they have this charisma and ways to manipulate you so you see this picture of a person who's actually not who they are at all yeah like they put on a they put on a like a performance yeah basically they, they like have to a different personality that they give to that specific person or persons so they are depicted as a great person and they're amazing and sweet and loving that's why you got away for so long is because most people like I, I'm sad to say it, but most people who are serial killers are not suspected of being serial killers. No. They are completely average Joes that you could walk by on the street and have no idea they wanted to kill you. I mean, statistics say you walk past at least one serial killer a day. Is that right? I don't go outside enough for that statistic well. to be true. <laughs> <laughs> well, think about working. Chances are one of your customers is a serial killer and you just don't know it. Here's your pizza. <laughs> don't kill me. Have a nice day. Hope uh, hope I don't see you again. Uh, don't come back again. <laughs> Please. Enjoy your pizza. I put a little extra on the side for you. Yeah. Here's your banana peppers. Goodbye. <laughs> um, yes, but with his daughter, so 
The interesting thing is most people wanted to know what happened to her because I'm guessing they wanted to grill her and, and Boone, but they went off the grid. Like, completely. Yeah. They didn't want to be associated with Bundy because either Rose isn't actually his daughter, but from my understanding, I feel like she might be. They just don't want to be thought of as, hey, you were Bundy's wife. Hey, you're Bundy's daughter. Are you going to kill someone? <laughs> yeah, they didn't do the typical route of, let's make money off this. They yeah. took the let's run yeah we, we we done messed up yeah exactly <laughs> they booked it out of there they were like see ya and they they probably changed their names her name's probably not rose anymore yeah um but i researched it after the ted bundy files and i could not find anything like they are completely off the grid no one knows where they are like <laughs> the family of hers know where they are but like no one's been able to like hear anything about them which i'm glad for them God. i would i would do the same thing <laughs> Could you imagine just like, hey, yeah, um, my dad's Ted Bundy, but he can't make it to, to bring your parent to school day because he got electrocuted. <laughs> so quirky. <laughs> he was such a great guy. No, I, God, I can't even I can't even imagine. Like there's a there's a TV show out uh, right now about um, a I think it's not like an NBC show, but he is the son of a like famous serial killer it's not a real one but like in the show he's famous and he works for the fbi as a criminal profiler and he goes and like works on cases with serial killers and he's like am i gonna become like my dad which is an interesting thing because that's a lot of that's a lot of interesting topics of research is if people who have these traits pass them down Mm -hmm. like all the children of serial killers they're like do they carry the same genes or are they going to come out normal? And a lot of it's yeah. also like the mental game as well. Also, a lot of kids with parents of addiction of any kind, whether it's murder or drug <laughs> abuse or alcoholism, they are f- afraid of becoming like their father or mother. Huh. Welcome to the um, addiction support group. Um, I'm Carol. I'm going to help you guys today. Um, Jimmy, what did you say that your parents were addicted to? Oh, my a mom's murder. Ad- my mom's <laughs> addicted to heroin, but um, Carol over there, like, do you see her, Carol? Um, yeah, Ginny said that her dad, like, killed a lot of people. He was addicted to killing. Is that normal? Like, I thought heroin was bad. <laughs> I thought heroin was bad, yeah. <laughs> um, murder, that, that's um, a little higher than that. <laughs> Just a bit. <laughs> All right, got any final comments on our man, Ted Bundy? Nasty worm. I think the <laughs> fact that you ended it on nasty worm was good enough for me. <laughs> All right, well, any final words for our viewers today? Thank you for tuning in and... Check us out on our socials. We have our link tree on our Facebook page to all of our other social media accounts. And we'll see you next week. <laughs>